Hi, I'm Tim Zacharias with Cougar USA and your host of Building Value. On this episode, my guest is Mike Shreve, uh, Senior Chief Engineer of Boxer Property. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for having me and uh, glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really excited about the episode today. We're going to be talking about Mike's background and how he got into the industry, how COVID has really affected building operations over the last six months or so, and his thoughts on leadership and building operation. On Building Value, we go behind the scenes at some of the most iconic buildings in Texas to showcase the incredible people that design, build, and maintain them and their impact on the community. So where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in uh, upstate New York, uh, but I have been down here on the south since the early 80s. Um, Me believe, too. Yeah, believe it or not, um, <laughs> you know, I, I've lost the accent. I, I would speak really fast, and uh, my friends and my family would be like, you know, down here, it's like, why, why do you speak so fast? I'm like, why do you speak so slow? Yep. And and so, yeah, but no, I've my blood's thinned out, and uh, I, I couldn't go back up, up north and live. It just would, wouldn't, wouldn't work for me. There you go. Each one of those bumper stickers says, I wasn't born here, but got here, got here fast. Yeah, that's good. right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what about after high school? What'd you do? Uh, so after high school, man, I'll tell you, I, uh, I had some odd and end jobs, which, you know, six months or a year or two. And then uh, I went right in the Navy and uh, I was uh, kind of wanted to follow my dad's footsteps, uh, an electrician kind of sort of. Um, and uh, so I, I fell into a topside electrician, did that for four years and Traveled the country, saw many, many great things, some, you know, not so great things, but uh, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. It made me kind of, to a degree, who I am today. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for your service, oh, too. Oh, it's, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. So, yeah. Very cool. So, how did you transition from the Navy into this industry? Um, you know, it, it's funny. People ask me that, but I, um, I'm a very probably I would say a task oriented person and and the military you know they, they train you to be very specifically you follow these rules these guidelines and you do these tasks and so I kind of just fell into that and then getting out uh, I did a couple jobs outside of that I mean I even sold uh, Kirby vacuum cleaners for a short period of time uh, and I realized quickly I, I wasn't a salesman um, and I should have you know it's funny in high school they, they give you those tests that, that kind of gears you towards what you will mm -hmm. do in life. Um, and so I, I think I remember them saying, you're not a salesman. So, uh, but anyway, I, I did that for a brief period and, and somehow I stumbled on this job interview with Heinz, um, back in the early, early, early nineties. And, uh, I got an opportunity and I went, started with Heinz in my early part of my career. And, and then you know, the rest is history. I'll tell you, I've, I was very blessed to work for Heinz for the short period, 12 years, but, um, uh, got a lot out of it and uh, just met some great people. So, yeah, that was my introduction into this industry, um, and it has evolved to just all over the board to what I do today. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting, and I, I've actually uh, – some of the guests on the show have been, been veterans as well, and I, I think it's interesting. just seems to be a good fit into the industry, uh, you know, for that personality or, or just – I guess maybe the things that you learn in the military transfer over well into our industry, oh. but it seems to be, you know, quite a few veterans. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, been uh, successful here. Yeah, and if you have the opportunity, like I did, I was one of the guys I worked with initially was a Marine. So if you could imagine the the talk at the drinking fountain between the two of us, we would we would mess with each other pretty hard. But uh, <laughs> but no, it does. I mean, you're very structured in in, in this industry. 
you've got to be able to manage and, and multitask. And, and you know, I, I think the, the military just at a young age instilled into me, which everybody I've ever seen, it just gives you a sense of, of maturity that, you know, over in this world, when you're asked to manage millions of dollars or assets of that expensive and, you know, it's, it's, it is amazing, but I look back and I'm saying, wow, at that age I was doing this. And now at this age, I'm doing this. It's, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty surreal, surreal, you know, look back. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, now you've kind of, uh, you know, have had this longer successful career now and at, at the Boxer Properties. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you're doing at Boxer and, and the type of properties that y'all have? Sure, sure. So, you know, Boxer is all over the United States. Um, I'm very blessed to be able to work here in Houston with their corporate office. Um, we've got 50 plus properties and and uh, the assets that we have, um, you know, they're uh, given the age of the buildings and, and, and the operational components that are within these buildings. Um, they're always in need of repair. As a matter of fact, yesterday we were repairing an underground, underground chill water line. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't know what you're going to get into from day to day, but I think in, in the industry where we are, you, you always want to look at these assets and make sure that if you can identify areas to make better and or improve efficiencies, um, you know, you do so and, and you don't wait for things to break down. You try to think ahead and say, that looks like it's, in need of repair, let's start looking ahead. I don't want that corrosion to get any worse. So, you know, identifying those things and, and being proactive, honestly, I would say has allowed me to be as successful as I am. I don't sit back and put the blinders on. And, you know, so I, I've also, the guys that I work with, you know, we, we kind of, as a team, uh, are able to look for those things and identify. And, and, and Boxer, honestly, you know, when you've got this many buildings and, and it costs a lot to run these buildings, but, you know, you want people to rent them, and in order for that to happen, they have to run. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't matter electrically, plumbing, HVAC. There's, there's a lot that goes into these buildings that people don't recognize that it takes to maintain them. And for me, you know, I, I, I think part of being successful is if you can be a servant— and that's hard for people to recognize because people people don't want to get dirty. They don't want to dig a ditch. They don't want to go out and physically have to do anything. And, and to me, I think that's what I strive or I strive with my team to do is is that we are servant. And if you lose sight of that, then you're just going to be like everybody else, which is normal. And so I, I think that's what kind of separates it. But, you know, Boxer's great, great assets. They They want to do the right thing and maintain these assets. And so it's it's been a fun ride. It really, really has. That's great. I, I completely agree on the servant leadership. I mean, it's it's definitely a great way to, to show or, or to set that example of what you're what you're looking for from your team. And the uh, the proactive approach to maintenance also is is massive. I mean, at some point you're going to have to do the service eventually. Right. Whether you schedule it or the equipment <laughs> schedules yes, it. for yes. you, Right. So always easier to do it uh, on, on your schedule. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if you're not looking at it proactively, I, th I think what will happen is inevitably the reactiveness will cost you more. And, you know, yes. to be able to see and, and look at it and say, OK, this is the repairs are starting to begin excessive. The costs are starting to roll up. Let's not let this keep happening. So you kind of plan and, and you try to be as proactive as possible and, 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 and within reason, of course. Uh, I always tell my boss and the, the folks that I have to report to that I just wish you guys could give me that blank checkbook because sometimes <laughs> I can make a lot of problems go away, but uh, it just doesn't happen that way. Hey, if you figure out how to get a 
blank checkbook, <laughs> you might be the best salesman in the world and, and not even know it. I wish I could. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get, I get that. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, if we look back over the last six months or so, wh- what do you feel like have been some of the challenges that COVID has presented in, in terms of managing the buildings? You know, there is a, a large number of items that I think every building owner or every asset owner is, is, is managing at this point. You know, while trying to continue the operation of the buildings um, with, in some cases, uh, a lack of occupants just because they're, they're kind of adhering to their own corporate rules. Um, you know, Boxer, I would like to say in, in the years of doing this, I have recognized the, the niche market that Boxer has in where their assets uh, globally pretty much they're at least in Houston I can speak for is they're a smaller amount of square footage per per tenant mm-hmm. uh, and with COVID we've experienced you know everybody wants to be isolated they don't want to be with a group of people uh, and they want to be able to function and operate uh, at the same time um, be safe and, and so I've, I've watched and witnessed how and I know the peers in the industry, the other companies, and what they're all going through and what they're doing to kind of combat it. Um, but, you know, Boxer has continued to grow. And, 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 and you look back and you're like, why are all these leases being executed? It's because of our small, you know, floor plate and, and these leases that these folks want. And we have it. We have the inventory where most people don't. Uh, or they didn't, their, their models are not such that, you know, they want the 20,000 square footers where we have the 1500. And so they're just going like hotcakes. We can't keep the inventory up. We're blessed in that regard. Um, But as a whole, I I think I do speak with peers in the industry. And I think we're all facing the same thing. It's, it's rethinking what you do and what decisions you make to do. Is it going to continue and sustain that longevity of, you know, we don't know how long COVID's going to, they think by the end of this year, maybe into next year, I mean, it's all kind of a draw. I mean, we, we know, but uh, we have modified a lot of things the way we think and how we're doing it. But, you know, I think it's to be determined on how this will play out. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, about every three, five, seven years, you kind of see an industry shift. And it just is a matter of what, what, how is it, how is you as a building operator, how are you making changes? But corporate-wise, I watch industries or corporations in the industry itself, they're going to shift what they do. I mean, Heinz has done it back in the mid-90s where they, they made changes to their operational staff and their title structures. That was, And it's a big deal. People move around. People change companies. So from a personnel perspective, that was huge in the 90s. And I look now with the business sectors that are all around Houston, we've diversified. Yes. And, and our diversity has, has allowed us to kind of sustain. But, you know... I also know up north where there's unions and, and, and those types of structures, they've always suffered. Whereas, you know, kind of down here, down south, we've been able to kind of sustain with the diversity. So I, I think that COVID has, uh, to a degree, leveled the playing field. Um, we're affected in greatly every single sector. Uh, it's hard to really, you look back when this happened late last year into this year, and you, you really see how it has crippled us. And every single thing we do, if it hasn't affected this business, it affected the supplier, the food chain. Yep. The, I mean, I, you just can't. Every single person has been affected in so many ways. And you really, you know, 
if you sit back and you look at and try to understand, uh, it's mind-boggling. It really is mind-boggling how our nation is being crippled. But I also say, you know, when you look at how we've reacted, it is absolutely amazing. Yes. And and so I, I talk with people with business units and, and all the industry leaders over the course of this event that's occurring. And I get this, I get the question of, you know, how are you guys changing? How are you adapting? I get, I literally get tenants calling and they want to know what have you as a landlord done in your building to make it safe? What, you know, I'm like, you know, these, these people are serious. Mm-hmm. And so you, you just can't tell them, well, we've cleaned this better. Right. We've, we've increased this, you know, they want tangible identifiable items and and we i think boxer like anybody else we've looked for those moments and we've reached out to partners like you all and we've asked what can we do better you know is there a, is there a forward thinking leading product that will accommodate this and so we we've you know we we've done what we think is the right thing to do is operate our buildings and and change filtration or upgrade this or upgrade that um and i think we're you know we're doing really good things and and uh uh, we're going to come out of this. It's just going to take time for things to kind of get settled. Yep, and you know, you keep hearing the new normal, and and <laughs> I don't know when we're going to be in that or when it's just going to go back to the regular normal. Or, but uh, you know, we've definitely seen, and even here, we've had some challenges with it as well. I mean, you mentioned filtration. We upgraded our air filters, and you know, the water quality was an issue there for a while when literally everybody kind of stopped and there was so so much less consumption i mean we've been doing the legionella testing and even found it here in our shop um luckily we were just able to flush and and get rid of it Uh, but uh you know just not things that you really thought about before and so and even uh in our in our panel shop where we had all those guys working together we put in you know uv uh light and, and things like that so just a lot of things in, in that question you said, what are you doing? Uh, you know, the tenant's asking, what are you doing to keep this place safe? And I think that's going to be something that uh, not just commercial office, but hotels, sure. um, even restaurants, you know, people are going to want to see that to know that going into this building is, is being safe. So it's totally, totally different, uh, you know, outlook, I would say, on, on building operations going forward. So kind of thinking that way, what, what, if you're looking forward, say, you know, the next uh, six months to a year, two years, do you feel like people are going to have a long memory on this? Or do you feel like that's going to be a question that you're going to get for a long time? How, oh. how safe is this building? You know, I, I think, yeah, uh, who would have, I mean, again, people look back and, and, and I've, I hate, you read about where we are and how we got here. Uh, and then you read that this was projected, you know, years ago. And, and, and you kind of, you know, if anybody's a com- conspiracy theorist which i am not you you do you say the question like hmm um you know but you wake up in a moment where you you have to face the facts and you know whether this was projected or not it's here to stay it's not going anywhere um i I think our society is you know as diverse and as intelligent as we are um i think the thing that probably is hard to struggle with is is our generational gaps that we all have. I mean, I, I look I look at my young daughters um, to this day, and I, I, I literally am perplexed every single morning when I, you know, <laughs> they go to bed at 2 in the morning, and they get up at 10 in the afternoon, or 10 in the morning, or 11 or 12 o'clock, and I'm thinking, did I ever do that? I mean, I just, the way they live, the way they think is, is totally different 
than than we did or our fathers or parents before us did. And, and I, you know, if I look back, I'm like, okay, I remember my dad saying, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. And, and I look at my children, I'm like, are you ever going to be responsible <laughs> for anything? And so I think, I, I think our society is, whether this thing is long around for the long haul, uh, I guarantee you 2020, we are not going to forget this for quite a long time. It has disrupted our worlds uh, personally, professionally. Um, I, you know, I'm 10 years from now, I'll say, well, what year was that 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 happened? But, you, you know, I, I hope that we can quickly resolve from this and grow and learn. Um, but, you know, it's, it's to be determined really how long this will be here. But if I was, had a gambling man, I would say, you know, it's, it's going to be here for the next couple of years and it's going to be fresh on our minds and people are going to be cautious and they're going to, they're going to continue to ask questions, no doubt. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I wish, I wish I did have a crystal ball because you really could kind of plan accordingly and know that what's going to happen. But uh, I don't know, the world and the society we live in today is just is completely different than it was three years ago. Sure. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think it has also shown that people do adapt and change and, oh, yes. and how, how well or how much differently we're handling things, you know, six months later than March, April of this year is, is pretty incredible. Totally agree. I totally agree with you for sure on that one. So if we look back to uh, if we go back in time to B.C. before Corona here to 20 <laughs> <laughs> to 2019, uh, I'm going to read this one. because I want to make sure I get it right. You were the winner of the executive manager of the year award from the Houston Boma chapter. And this award is presented to a member of the Houston Boma in recognition of outstanding contributions to the commercial real estate industry through quality building management and professional growth. That's amazing. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the way that, that you manage uh, the people probably and, and the buildings as well that you feel like led to this nomination and winning of that award? Wow. You know, first off, the, the award that I received, I, I, you know, and again, it's not humble. It's not um, I, I had no idea uh, that I was even in the running for something like that. But, uh, you know, to me and anybody that's worked with me or knows me, um, I'm a real good team player. I, I, the objective is to execute and, and, and make things better. And, and I think I learned a long time ago by great leaders that I've worked for that showed me it's not about me. It's not about I. It's about us. And, and I've been very blessed to work at properties or in commercial real estate assets that, you know, it's small crews, it's large crews. I've always been a guy that would, you know, look at something and say, how do we make it better? And, you know, I know that in order to do that, the people that do it, it takes all of us. And, and so I, I think I've instilled in myself, um, in the team that we have is, you know, I didn't, I'm not sitting in this chair because I'm better than you. I'm sitting in this chair because I got here because you guys helped me get here. And, and I think I've always conveyed that to the teams that we work with. And I say, you know, if you can understand that I'm going to get right next to you and we're going to roll our sleeves up together and we're going to solve for this. I don't sit here and I tell you I know what to do and I don't point my finger. And I think people misunderstand what a role of a, a chief engineer is or a senior chief or a director of engineering. Um, and people get so wrapped up in the titles 
that they forget the concept of what you're supposed to be doing. And, and, and I think that's what has probably allowed me to be as successful is, is that I'll get right in there with them. We'll, we'll figure out, resolve the problem, and we'll make it better. And we did it time and time again. And so I, I realize you can only replace so many cooling towers. You can only re-roof so many buildings. You can only redo so many central plants. And you, you need to figure out, you know, you can keep doing that, keep having fun. Now, how do you take what you're doing well and improve upon it? And so I've learned over the probably the latter part of my career is is I need to refine those tools and make those better. And by doing so, it's it's about the people. And in the last five, seven years, I've not really networked, but my name has gotten out there and it, only because I've made it a choice to go out and join some committees. And I joined one, uh, Boma All-Star Engineering Olympics, and getting into it initially was, you know, I thought it was just a typical go to an event, meet a vendor, next thing you know, it's networking, but that's not what I got into it for. I got into it because that committee alone was making the engineering industry better. And since I joined it, it's a three-year term. From the year one to the year three, um, I realized more so, and I watched, and I'll give you an example where these little tasks or these little uh, training modules, which you guys are very, very helpful in, I think our, the committee has grown immensely with your support and a bunch of other vendor support. But when you challenge these building engineers with these tests or these little module simulations, I had no idea the magnitude of how powerful it was for these guys to sit in front of a controller or a fire panel or a water treatment or a set of drawings. And, you know, you think everybody knows what you know. And honestly, as a judge in that committee, the first year I walked away and I was amazed that our industry is not as knowledgeable as I would have hoped. And the experts, such as vendors like yourself, um, are key to making sure that we learn and grow from that. So year two, what was ironic is I made it a point in year one when we were in the off-season to make sure that year two would get better. And we basically figured out how to make the games better and how to make these guys more interactive. And, and I honestly, I watched the building engineers that worked with me they were intimidated the first year. They they couldn't answer something, and I was like, "Wait a minute! This is this is this is not what should be happening. We should." And there was some engineers that said, "I can't believe I didn't win. I'm going to work harder next year." And I'm and I'm like, and when I saw that, I knew, boom, we got something. And what's changed over the last three years is every year it's gotten better. The 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 tasks, the games, the training modules, the people interacting, the people getting involved, and and to me. That's what it's about. It's about you know, having not having your name on something, but it was about making sure that those those industry individuals were learning, were growing, and they were becoming something more than they ever had. And I think when they saw this, they're like, wow. So I, I say that to me was a moment where I realized I needed to do more. And so by being on the committee with the other peers and, and vendors, I mean, I was amazed that vendors were providing it's like i'm in what, what do you need to do provide and i was like whoa i had no idea of the partnership that existed and so i think to that end was one of my moments that i'm very proud of um and again it's just the work ethic i, I think people know that you know if you if your leaders lead and followers follow 
and I I make it a point to tell them I I don't I'm not here because I've got nothing better to do I'm I'm here we're going to work and I, I think one of my bosses years ago or supervisors told me something that you know in one of my reviews that will stick with me forever and he said that uh, you know you what you do and how you manage he goes it's hard to put into words but just naturally you make people better just by naturally being around them. And that said a lot to me. I sit back and I'm like, well, what do I do differently? I don't do anything. And I realize, you know what? I don't talk down to people. I, I, I lift them up and we encourage. And there are times when I, I'm really direct with them. Mm-hmm. And they know, you know, if you can ever have a supervisor that, that kind of uh, counsels you in a negative way, but you walk away thinking, did I just get chewed out? I had I didn't even see that. <laughs> I've had a boss that I worked for that did that, and and I I learned that it's like it's how you communicate and how you send those messages and what you say, and always remove the one letter in the alphabet that isn't important, which is I, and so that to me has been successful, and and uh, you know it's just, I just realized that I enjoy what I do, I enjoy working with those individuals, and I enjoy making them better. Yeah, absolutely. So along those lines. You know, you, you mentioned earlier, people may not uh, know uh, what a chief engineer does, or maybe have a little bit different idea of what a chief engineer is. What, in your in your mind, what is a senior chief engineer or chief engineer's you know main main job? You know, there there's a lot of things that make up what I would call a good leader. Um, being humble is one. Uh, being an expert, or at least a very knowledgeable technical resource. Uh, but also recognizing that you don't need to know it all. You just need to know where to get the information. Um, but also, um, you know, I could go on and on. And, and I think it's it's being true to yourself. It's being true to having a desire and a passion to do well, but also realize that you, you can't, <laughs> you cannot do it yourself. Uh, and if those working with you are unable to do so, you know, I've, I've found where, you know, in this role or this industry, if you are labeled as somebody that's, you know, just average, um, I've watched so many guys that are just average kind of come and go. They've never really been given the support or the nurturing to lift them up. Um, and I, I honestly, I think it, it, you know, people don't take the time to really provide the support and the training that they need and it's so often I see where somebody is labeled as, oh, that person's just average. And next thing you know, they're on with another company. And what you've just lost is the time, the knowledge, the experience, what you have invested is gone. Uh, and, you know, if I were to ask you, Tim, you know, you've been doing this in this industry for many years. How many chiefs across this industry um, are with different companies? And how many, I mean, it is... It, you can name name after name, right? Um, and it's because those individuals, unfortunately, unfortunately, have either chosen to move on because they're either, you know, tired, overworked, you know, stressed, or, in, you know, the companies just write them off. And, and and I've seen it happen time and time again. And, and so often I've, I've really, when I see individuals that I feel like are, you know, I wouldn't say they're best friends, but people that I care about, I often see if there's distress and I say, hey, What's going on? I mean, I, I see an email or I see you talking to this other person. Are you looking? And, you know, I, I, I've been very blessed to be able to sometimes course correct people and say, think hard. You know, don't don't walk away from this moment. You've worked too hard to earn where you are. 
talk to people. Let's, you know, go to your supervisor. So I've also been blessed enough to be able to recognize it and say, hey, let's don't don't walk away. This is too it's too easy. The the right thing is to is to walk away when when and I've tell people this too and it's funny they laugh at me. It's like when when is the right time to change a career or change a job? And they're like, oh, when you're you know you're you're stressed out. And I said, no, that's the completely wrong reason. Mm-hmm. The right reason is is when you're the happiest you've ever been. And I said, if you can tell yourself that, then you made the right choice. And so a lot of people have said, whoa, that's pretty heavy. But you know, it, it's just it's just being there. So I, I know I threw a lot at you, and but uh, <laughs> to me, I'm passionate about what I do, and and uh, I, I just truly think that you know this industry, I. You know, it's a good place to be, regardless of all the world things going around us and and the pandemic. But uh, these buildings, and as much as I shouldn't say this to you in the business you're in, mm-hmm. I don't think they're ever going to automate this industry to the point to where they don't need human intervention. Uh, and if they do, then by that time I'll be retired. But uh, the, the technology is coming so fast, so you know, so quickly, uh, it's getting better and better. But it's almost not 100%. You know, without human intervention, you need us. A- absolutely, and and I think it's interesting. You know, asking about what what is the the job of the chief engineer or the senior chief, and most of what you talked about was the people, and and not the actual building itself, right? I mean, right. I, I, obviously having that technical knowledge, like you said, is a good resource, but also being able to know where to go find it. But, you know, being able to manage those people and, and more so coach them, like you said, and, and the training has become, I would say, important just across the board. I mean, you've kind of seen that shift of, of the idea of management being more of a coach uh, than that manager and being able to build people up. So it, it, we're definitely uh, proud to, to be a sponsor of the, the BOMA Olympics, and, and that's a great event, and to, to do training in general for, for the industry. So we definitely are... Uh, happy to, to take part in that so yeah well I, I will I will say this and uh, in, in the last 10 years um, and, and I'll use this kind of an analogy uh, 15 years ago I, I remember reaching out to vendors for bid proposals and uh, you know I would get I never got your email or I'm like or I don't use email I'm like whoa you mm-hmm. know and you having an iPhone or an Android phone and I, I remember literally talking to vendors and I'm like hey Come here. Let me let me show you how to do this. And I was showing electricians, and I was showing mechanical vendors. And you know, over the last five, seven years, maybe longer, you guys and there's a couple other outfits out there in in, in Houston that have have it. Rossler's another one. Cougar USA are the two that come to mind. Um, that are really what I would call paying it forward. You know, to have have a business like this, and I've honestly been very blessed to work with you guys over the years. When I see you guys are providing a level of training, and, and, and I see it, I'm just like, I am amazed at what you're offering. And you're, you're, you're basically, hey, you're doing it for free, but it's the partnership. You're giving back to the community, the industry in itself. Um, and, and there's just not a lot of people out here, honestly, that are doing that. Um, so it's recognizable. And, and I unfortunately, I wish there was more... Um, more of the peers that were taking you guys. I don't know how many people enroll in y'all's classes, but but I am amazed at, at what that just what you've done uh, as well. And I've watched it. I've been on some watching some of the classes that you provide, and we've talked about you know taking it to the next level with boxer and how we're going to do that. But uh, I'm I'm just amazed at, at one what we're doing today versus what we weren't doing seven, eight, ten years ago. Uh, and how the evolution is, is taking its course. But, you know, this is hopefully other industry guys are going to do the same thing. But um, 
you know, I, I just think we're we're doing something phenomenal. You guys are doing all the heavy lifting, and you know we are reaping the benefit from that, uh, and it's just going to make us all stronger all the way around. Well, I, I appreciate that, and, it, and it's been a lot of fun actually to do uh, the training, and, and especially over the last six months, been been a challenge kind of switching over to the virtual. But it, it's great to kind of have that partnership like you said and and um you know we we use that word a lot too the that we uh, like having partners like y'all to work with and 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 ultimately that's that's kind of why we're here right i mean our mission yeah. is to to make buildings work so the people inside can do theirs and and we can't do that uh without without partners like y'all so that's yeah. you know that's kind of where the 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 training and all of that that really comes from the more that we can uh pass on some of the the knowledge of all this equipment that we're providing, the, the better off uh, all, all the guys in the buildings are going to be. So, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Appreciate that. So kind of along those lines, what advice would you have for people that were uh, either just getting into our industry or uh, maybe people that are in our industry looking to kind of advance their career? Well, you know, I, I would say that um, just getting into the industry, you know, all of these resources are at your fingertips. Um, just tap into them. And, and I think, you know, I, I watch these young individuals come into the industry and, and they're just, it's like a baby learning how to walk. And I, I see the glaze in their eyes and they look at all this equipment and they have no idea how it functions and, and what makes it work. And, and I, I absolutely love taking the young building folks and I take them to a vacant floor and I just said, tell me what you see. And, and they're like, oh, I see glass. I see they don't talk about the duct work. They don't talk about the electrical and, and, and the bus ducts. And so I, I am amazed. And I, I literally watch their progress. And I say, look, I want you to come back to me in a week with everything you see on this floor. And I want you to tell me why that duct work, what does it, what it does and why it turns here and why it, and look at this box. And so they, they just they come back a week later and they're like, you know, and, and I say, look, I don't expect you to go read a book, but talk to your peers, see what they know. And so it's that challenging, but you know, that to me is the entry level is get it as often as you can, ask a ton of questions, um, learn, 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 because if you're like a baby learning to walk, if you can master walking, you will be where I'm sitting before long, but you have to, you have to work hard. You have to want it. And so that's the entry level. The ones that have been doing it for a while, uh, I say the same thing, you know, are they getting the resources that they need? Uh, I can tell you, uh, overdoing this as long as I've been doing it, I, I recognize uh, earlier in my career, I remember as an operator, you sit in front of a computer and all you do is operate. You don't leave the desk, you don't, other than if there's a problem. Now, our our industry, the, the building industry has shifted. doesn't matter if you're working for Heinz, JLL, CBRE, Parkway, uh, anybody. Uh, I've noticed that, you know, they don't want you to sit behind the computer. And, and the reason is, is the technology that is offered today wasn't there 20 years ago. And, you know, that's why these asset, these owners, these asset managers are allowing this, this very technical infrastructure to be installed in these buildings because it saves money, saves time, saves energy, and it's, it's efficiencies. And I watch the, you know, the guys that have been doing it for a while, either they're going to fall into a very complacent role and they're just doing their job, and I wouldn't call it earning a paycheck, but they're just doing their job, uh, or there's individuals that um, really do want to, you know, grow and keep learning, continued learning, uh, and, and that is what I would say across the board. Our industry as a whole has just shifted from sitting behind a computer, 
uh, now you're having to do the job of multiple people and less, you know, you've got less resources uh, in some cases, and you've got to kind of manage this eight-hour day as best you can. And so I think it's, if you can just figure out what you can do and how you can do it better, how you can lean on vendors to help make this better or identify in your buildings, why does it take so long to do this? The software, the, the, the resources are there. They're just not tapping into it. So I would say, guys, you've been here 10 years, 7 years, 15 years, whatever. Uh, reinvent yourself. Don't, don't ever wake up and accept where you are. Wake up and say, I want to learn something. I always make it a point when I go to work. I want to walk away learning two or three things a day. Sometimes it's more. But, you know, you can get saturated, but that's only because you're, you're probably you're, you're telling yourself you want to learn more, but you're really not doing it. Learn, 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 learn more. You're going to get stronger, and you're going to provide that as a resource to those other individuals. And as a whole, we all get stronger. So, you know, it's a long roundabout answer as far as I'm conveying to you, but, but I think, um, you know, we, we can do so much more than we've done. We can go a lot further than we've ever gone, but it takes hard work, and it takes just thinking outside the box. But you don't have to think too far when you've got experts like you all and you put your heads together and everybody can do it together. And we, all of a sudden, this building is better than it was before. And so it doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, I've been in this industry and I've been at assets, you know, whether it's been 15 years at a previous asset and five years my last assignment. When you walk away, you want that property to be run better, to be more efficient than when you got there. And that's 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 a huge accomplishment to do that. So, anyway, no, I, I think it's great advice. And you know, just, just sitting here talking with you, I think you I think you've taken your own advice really over the you know over the years and and uh, improved yourself and and improved Definitely. the industry. And and I think the the uh, the Boma Award uh, is is well deserved and <laughs> and uh, and reflects that. So yeah. Congratulations. Well, uh, yeah. Again, I'm. I look at it every day. It's 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 on my nightstand, and and I'm still in awe of of, of it, regardless. But um, I I have been so blessed to have worked with so many good people, and uh, you know, I, I, nothing else I can say. It's just been an honor and a blessing, and and uh, you know, I, I'm going to continue to help people and and be part of something that's just the industry's got a lot to get done and a lot of people to get it done, and and so. I want people to probably remember me for my achievements, meaning a good, good coworker, a good support mechanism, and uh, you know. And I think I'm doing that, but it's it's all of us together are, are going to make this a better place, and and uh, I'm positive it's just going to continue to get better. Completely agree. Yeah. Awesome. Was there any anything else that we didn't cover? Any any other uh, topics that you want to discuss? Any other things on your mind? You know, I, honestly, I I, uh, I know we talked about a lot, and uh, you know, I'll nothing really topic-wise. I, I would just say to to those out there that um, you know, if you, regardless of where you are in life or your career uh, or the industry in general, um, never miss a moment to enjoy life and enjoy what you do. And if you if you really can look at it and say you're not happy or you don't enjoy what you're doing it's it's upon you to make that change and that transition and and don't you know if you're if you're going to continue to do the job you hate or work with the people you hate you know around you becomes the negative environment and and, and again i i'm not a a guy that's uh philosophical in any way but i will say that you know your your mental 
uh, aptitude, your positive aptitude is, is really huge, huge for the industry. And, you know, I can tell you from time and time again, I work with guys that get stressed out and I myself have, have been one, uh, which, you know, in the roles you're in that happens from time to time. But, you know, if you can always say that you're going to, you're going to solve, solve today's problems may not be the world problems, but whatever's in front of you, whether it's personal or professional, financial, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, simplify life if you have to, uh, but, but give it this world. You're only going to be here one time, give it all you got and work hard and enjoy life. And, and, uh, you know, you don't have to, I think the analogy is you don't have to work to live, uh, or live to work. You just got to learn how that balance works from, you know, life work balance. Um, and I, and I've had some good mentors over the years that have helped me do that. Um, but you just got to be happy in life. And if you're not get happy. Simple as that. That's it. That's yeah. it. Well, I, I really enjoyed the conversation today, Mike, and, and thank you for, for coming on the show and, and uh, opening up and sharing with us, you know, your, your thoughts about uh, serving leadership and, and the things that the way that you've kind of learned in the industry and, and your advice for others. I, I think that's going to be value for, valuable for a lot of people. So I appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, you guys are doing some great stuff and, and I know it's just going to continue to get better. And, uh, thank you for what you do and what your, what your team does and what the company does. And it's an honor for me to be here. And, uh, just again, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. We're, we're happy to do it. So, and, uh, for everybody else watching today, appreciate you, uh, joining us on this episode. Look for us on the next episode of Building Value.